It is so great to have you here this morning. It really is. To celebrate with us. And especially if you've been brought along by a friend, we welcome you. We, we just, from the bottom of our hearts, we just desire that you will be encouraged this morning. And that you'd find a connection this morning. We'd be able to help you in some way in your life. Welcome if you're participating online once again. It's great to have you here. And the kids. It's great to have kids. Are they still awake? Yay, we're going. There's some of them. No, they're busy. Well, I'll tell you what, kids. We did get you an activity pack on the way in, and lots of you are already stuck into that, which is really good. Um, One of those activities is a list of words that I'm going to say in the next little while, okay? So you have to listen out to the words that I'm saying, because there'll be one word on that list that I don't say, okay? So if you get that one right, you can take it at the end of the service to our serving team at the back, and they might have a little treat for you. Is that right? So listen out really carefully, and as I say the words, maybe cross them out, and there should be one left over at the end, as long as I've done everything I'm meant to do. (laughs) And for all the grown-ups, just a little warning. My team had a bit of fun putting this list together, and there might be a few words that... I say that perhaps don't make a whole lot of sense in this message, uh, but we're having a bit of a fun with the kids, and uh, so please forgive me if something pops out that doesn't quite make sense. You'll understand why. Is that all right? Cool. <sighs> all right. Well, it is Easter Sunday, and we are celebrating um, the rising of Jesus and uh, his conquering of death, and we're going to talk about that this morning. We're going to celebrate that this morning, but... You know what, if you haven't been at Door of Hope over the last few weeks, we've actually also been traveling through a series called Praying Together. And uh, we've been learning how to do prayer better in our own lives and also how to pray together better in our, as a community. And we've been looking at uh, famous, well-known prayers from the Bible and finding out what we can learn for them, really practical ways, uh, things that we can learn to put in our own prayer life. Now, prayer is quite a common thing in Australia, even for people who aren't Christians. Of course, there are people from other faiths who pray. And in fact, statistics tell us that there are lots of people of no faith that actually pray from time to time. So although it might not be talked about a whole lot in the public arena, um, it does actually mean a lot for a lot of people in Australia these days. And it certainly means a whole lot for us here at Door of Hope. Our number one key value is the power of prayer and what that can do in our lives. So we've been looking at different prayers. We've been looking at the Shema, which is over here to your right, which is an old Jewish Hebrew prayer from the Old Testament of the Bible. We've been looking at a famous prayer that Jesus spoke just before he was arrested. And uh, we've also, just on Friday, looked at the prayer that Jesus prayed from the cross. And uh, we've also been mentioning the Lord's Prayer, which is over here to your left. And uh, this prayer is probably the most famous prayer, and even many Australians who aren't Christians would be um, familiar with or at least have heard of the Lord's Prayer. And that's the one that we're going to kind of focus in on this morning. Um, But of course, we're going to discover how the Easter story links in with the Lord's Prayer as well, and then what that can um, mean for our lives. Is that all right? All right. Great, fantastic. Well, before we go there, I have a question to ask, and mainly because I don't want to feel like a weirdo. I want to know that there are other people that have had the same thing as me. Is that right? So here's the question. Kids, you can answer too. Have you ever felt that feeling like you're being watched? 
Yeah, it's kind of creepy, isn't it? So for instance, you um, are taking out the wheelie bins, and it might be dark, and maybe late at night, and maybe you're in your pyjamas because you forgot about the wheelie bins, even though it happens on the same day every week, you still forget, like you do every week. But maybe you, uh, uh, it's there, and um, you take the bins out, and you just get this sense, I'm, I might be feeling watched, and, and maybe you, you run back inside, and close the door real quick, and take a deep breath, and anyone? No, I'm getting a lot of blank faces here. Okay. All right, I'm a weirdo. Okay, good. <laughs> good to know. Um, well, what about this one then? Um, a few months ago, this actually happened to me, um, that I, I was talking with some friends just casually in the lounge room about the fact that I need a new wallet. My wallet was falling apart, falling to bits, and I needed a new one. And my friends were talking about their wallets and where they got them from and all this kind of thing. Anyway, a few minutes later, I log on to social media, and there's an ad for wallets. Is that creepy? That is creepy. Has anyone else had that kind of thing? Come on, it's not just me. Yes. All right. Okay, I'm not as weird as I was going to be. That's good. What about this one? Okay, this one. This one's a good one. What about you're in a really boring school assembly and you're like whispering to your friends and all of a sudden you look around and your eyes lock eyes with a teacher. And you instantly know you're in trouble. <laughs> and you have this instant thought, how long have they been watching me for? <laughs> yeah, that happened to me only a couple of weeks ago. Um, nah, just kidding. I wouldn't go to a boring assembly. Oh, no, not like that. <laughs> the assemblies I go to aren't boring. Okay, oh dear. That's a good start, Ben, a good start. Anyway, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? The feeling that you might be being watched. Well, what's kind of scarier to think about, I think, is my theory that I reckon a lot of the time when we are feeling like we're being watched, we're probably not. Like the wheelie bin thing. I don't reckon anyone's really looking at me. I'm just paranoid for that one. But on the flip side, I reckon a lot of the time when we don't think we're being watched, we don't think when anyone's noticing us, we probably are. And not in a creepy, kind of stalkerish kind of way, by the way, hopefully not. Um, but any parents of young kids or people who have been parents of young kids will know exactly what I'm talking about. When some of the funniest moments in parenthood for Chantelle and I have been when our young kids have kind of blurted out something that like a phrase or a sentence or a word or an idea or something that kids don't normally know about and normally that's a grown-up thing to talk about um, and sometimes it's the funniest when even when it's in context and it makes sense and you just look at each other and you go where did they learn that from <laughs> have you had that parents yeah you know you know that there's always someone watching when you're a parent isn't it they're they're little sponges on legs, little sponges with arms and legs, and they're just soaking up what we're talking, what we're speaking about, what we're doing, our attitudes towards things, our priorities in life, they're soaking it all up, and sometimes at the most inconvenient, embarrassing moments, out it will come, and you just go, oh dear, where did they get that from? And really, in your heart of hearts, you probably know that where they got that from. <laughs> 
there's someone always watching. I think someone who understood this really well was actually Jesus. And let me explain. So we're celebrating Jesus' death and resurrection this weekend, which is absolutely awesome. But before that, his disciples, his followers, actually asked him to teach them how to pray. They said, Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus' response was essentially the Lord's Prayer. He said, well, something like this. And he taught them the Lord's Prayer. And ever since, Christians have been using the Lord's Prayer in their own prayer lives. And maybe that means reciting it word for word, or maybe that means just using it as a template for our own prayer life. But, you know, Jesus, when he said these words, wasn't just speaking them. Jesus actually lived these out. He actually lived these out. And I don't think there is a better example of this than in the Easter story. When you think about it, at Easter, Jesus was accused of something he didn't do. He was falsely accused. And he was put to death for that thing that he didn't do. Okay, he was sentenced to death. And not only was he sentenced to death, but it was the most painful, torturous, humiliating death imaginable for something that he didn't do. And not only that, but he was mocked and he was beaten and he was tortured in addition to all of that. But you know what? In the midst of this pain, in the midst of this turmoil, we hear a prayer that Jesus prays that reflects the Lord's Prayer. It's in Luke chapter 23, it's verse 34. It says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Isn't that remarkable? In the middle of it all, not, not many years later after the scars had healed, in the middle of it, Jesus actually lived out the Lord's Prayer. Because right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? That in the middle of it all, he would forgive, he would live out the Lord's Prayer. Well, you know what? There's someone always watching. There was someone watching this. This person was a criminal, actually. And this criminal had been sentenced to death just like Jesus. Although he admitted that he was actually guilty of what he'd been accused of. And after seeing Jesus, the treatment of Jesus and Jesus' response, he said these things. We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. There is someone always watching. In this case, this criminal was watching and his life and his eternity was changed forever because Jesus lived out the Lord's Prayer. You know what? There was someone else watching too. Later on in this chapter, it says that when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshipped God. And he said, surely this man was innocent. And in other accounts, it says, surely this man was the son of God. 
This was the guy in charge of the whole scene. And after he saw what Jesus went through and how Jesus responded and everything else surrounding the death of Jesus, he was changed. His eternity was changed forever. There is someone always watching. You know what? Jesus died and Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again and that's what we're celebrating this morning. And uh, he went to be with his Father in heaven and his his followers, his disciples, took over Jesus' mission and ministry on earth. And one of these followers was a man by the name of Stephen. And I think one of the most interesting things about Stephen is that Stephen ended up being falsely accused. In fact, Stephen ended up being falsely accused of the same thing that Jesus was falsely accused of. Did you know that? And he was also sentenced to death. But you know what? I think Stephen knew the Lord's Prayer. Because when we read in Acts 7.59, it says this, As they stoned him, as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? He, as he was being stoned, in the middle of his pain, in the middle of everything that was going on, he lived out the Lord's Prayer. And he forgave his accusers. He forgave the people, the very people that were doing this to him. There's someone always watching though, isn't there? There's someone always watching because in the very next verse, it says this. Saul was one of the witnesses. And he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. For those who aren't familiar with the story of Saul, Saul was a highly religious, passionately religious person who hated Christianity and wanted to stop Christianity so badly that he would go and actually kill Christians. And he was there when Stephen was being killed. And he was approving of it all happening. But you know what? Sometime later, he has this incredible, remarkable encounter with Jesus through a vision. And his life is changed completely, completely turned around. He changes his name to Paul. And that is the Paul that we often hear about with St. Paul and that kind of thing. And he becomes the greatest missionary of all time for Jesus. And he writes a large portion of the New Testament of the Bible. And I know that this encounter with Jesus was the moment that that Saul's life was changed forever. But I also can't help but think, in the back of his mind was this image of this scene of Stephen living out the Lord's Prayer and forgiving the people that were literally doing it to him right then and there. Somebody is always watching. So what does this mean for us? What does it mean for us? Well, I think these stories and this whole perspective can be summed up in one kind of sentence. And this is the big takeaway for this morning, all right? I think if we live out the Lord's Prayer... If we live that out in our lives, 
we not only benefit, we benefit definitely because we live better lives and we live more how Jesus would like us to live. But you know what? There are people watching. And if we live out the Lord's Prayer, people around us, their lives can be changed, their eternities can be changed as well. Powerful to think about, isn't it? So what does this look like for you? Our Father in heaven, do you live out your life in such a way that recognizes that the God of the universe and the creator of everything is your Father? Would people recognize that in you, in the way that you live? Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really want that to happen? (laughs) Do you really want God's kingdom to overtake your kingdom? You should, that's a good thing. (laughs) That's absolutely good, but are you ready to do that? Are you really willing to give up your own kingdom so that Jesus' kingdom can come and invade yours. If you're not ready, don't pray it. (laughs) Give us today our daily bread. Do you really live in such a way that relies on God's provision daily? Or do you just work harder and work harder and sacrifice more, sacrifice more to provide for yourself? It's really good to work hard, but when that replaces our reliance on God, then we have an issue. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Is there someone that you need to forgive? Someone who may have hurt you in the past or someone that might be hurting you right now as Jesus and Stephen did. Are there people in your life that you need to forgive? And when you forgive, is it just an internal decision? Do you just decide that and then move on? Or do you actually display forgiveness by the way that you interact with these people? Do you display forgiveness in your life so that others can observe that in you and be changed as well? What does it look like for you to live out the Lord's Prayer? Because there's someone always watching. Kids. Kids. Just press pause on your supercalifragilisticexpialidocious activity sheet for a second. (laughs) Was that a bit too obvious? (laughs) All right. right. (laughs) Just press pause on that one for a second. You all thought I wouldn't say that word. Yeah, I tricked you. So you'll have to listen out for the word that I really don't say. (laughs) Hey, I've been praying this week for God to reveal to me something that he might want to share with the kids this morning through what we're talking about. And I came up with this thought popped into my mind that sometimes, you know what, at school, we're treated in ways that aren't very fair. And we're treated in ways that we don't want to be treated. But you know what? Jesus was treated in ways that he didn't want to be treated. He was treated unfairly as well. And we can learn a lot by... Jesus' response to those people. He extended forgiveness and he extended love and kindness. And perhaps you would like to have a conversation with your mum or your dad or someone who means a lot to you as to how this could play out in your life. What could this mean for you, for the people that might not be treating you too well? 
Grown-ups, parents, grandkids, grandkids, little sponges on legs. Kids, little sponges on legs. <laughs> There's someone always watching. What is it for you that you don't want to pass on? <laughs> is there an attitude in your life that you would rather not see your kids continue? Is there priorities in your life which you know aren't quite right and you would rather not pass that on to the next generation? Or are there other parts of the Lord's Prayer that you would think maybe need a bit more work for you because there are little people observing and watching, someone always watching, and their lives and their eternity can be changed forever? Christians, I think our unchurched and non-Christian friends are watching. They're watching to see whether or not we extend the love and the grace and the kindness and forgiveness to people who don't treat us very nicely or people who accuse us of doing things that we don't do or to people who don't even agree with us. There's someone always watching. Resurrection Sunday. That's what we're celebrating this morning. We're celebrating that Jesus died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead, did he? No, he arose again. That grave was empty. That tomb was empty. And uh, in fact, we know that over 500 people actually saw Jesus and heard Jesus and interacted with Jesus after his death. Did you know that? And in fact, if you want to know more about that kind of thing, you've got more questions about all this kind of thing, we've got a great course called Alpha, and uh, we've got our team out in the foyer after the service, and we would just love to connect you. If you have these questions about what does this mean, did this really happen, or anything like that, it's free, it's a free course, there's free food, it's a great community, there's no pressure involved in, or for you to do anything or make any decision or contribute anything in any way. But if you just want some answers to some questions or you want some people to discuss those with, I'd love to invite you to check that out. But this Resurrection Sunday, I think it's a great opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to put ourselves in the story. It's our opportunity to put ourselves in the story of Jesus' death and resurrection as onlookers as people watching on. You see, Jesus died for us. Every human being on earth that has ever lived has sinned. And that sin basically means that we've turned from God, that we've taken our own lives into our own hands and made our own decisions and ignored God and that doesn't turn out that well. Every human being on earth who's ever lived has done that, except for one. Jesus is the only person who didn't turn away from God, and yet he's the only person that all the punishment for the rest of us has been placed on. Jesus said these words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing because he was taking it all on for us. In a little while, we're going to have an opportunity. I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a really simple prayer, but it's a really powerful prayer. 
a prayer that invites Jesus into our hearts and invites his forgiveness into our, into our lives. And we're going to pray that. I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray that with me. But before we do, we're about to, the band is going to sing a song over us. I invite you to sit and reflect on these words because this song talks about the fact that death was arrested. Death was literally stopped in its tracks because of what Jesus did on the cross and because he rose again. And if we accept that into our lives, our death can be arrested. Our death can be stopped in its tracks and our lives can really begin from that point. So why don't you reflect on these words and I'll come back and we'll pray together.